Ephesians is all about the truth. How we're chosen before the foundation of the world, how we're seated in the heavenlies, how we were dead in our trespasses, how we need to know the things of God and pray for each other. What's the height and the width and the breadth and the depth? And, oh, to know the love of God and the knowledge of Him that surpasses anything else we could ever want. I've been given the text there. Stand therefore, in verse 14, having girded your waist with truth. Seven words. Truth that girds is the title assigned. As I think about that, it's an old English word. It could be rendered, you know, put on the girdle, or uh, perhaps newer versions, the belt of truth. And I'm humbled to be here. And I wondered, why am I a flying guy that gets to go in between these guys that I have looked at for years, Rawl and Mike, and I'm right in between, and I'm going, wow, why is it that I get this title and I get this passage? And then it dawned on me. Armio wanted someone that could visibly, observably, totally show you by living illustration the truth of someone needing a girdle. So I guess that's why I'm here. Why don't you pray with me? Father, we need you. I want to be emptied and then filled. And so I ask God that you would just have your way here in Jesus' name. Amen. Sean did a great job. I mean, this is, talk about a, a visible illustration. And he went and researched and looked for that, that belt, which he got it down where it could be one way or the other. They were sometimes linen, but mostly leather. And they would be, to the Roman soldier in that day, kind of probably weird that this was mentioned as part of the armament because it would have been part of their natural dress anyways. Whenever they were out with, even if they weren't going to battle, they would have that belt on, that thing that is used to attach our offensive weapons. He's got the sword on the right side, which would have been correct, the long sword. They would have a, a, on the left side, they could have a short sword. On the back, they could have a quiver attached. These things would be attached but not, they would have that even when those armament pieces weren't attached in just their regular dress. But it speaks to us the need to be in the battle and to, to fight the warfare that we have to have that foundation of truth. It's all got to kind of be based off of that. That has to be the basis that we go into battle with, the truth. The truth of Christ who, who spoke words and says that storms are going to come. And when they come, boy, you better be found in, in that truth. And you better not only be listening to my words, but you better be doing them also so that when they come, you can stand and you'll be on the rock. And so there is more than my need for a girdle. A great need today in our society for truthfulness. There is a great need. Jesus spoke many times, and I like the original King James in that one. He said, verily, verily, I say unto you, truly, truly, or most assuredly, 
the truth. He would emphasize it. He would highlight it for us, certain statements. People think today you don't need to be born again to get into the kingdom of God, but that isn't what Jesus said, is it? He said, truly, truly, I say to you, unless you be born again, you're not even going to see the kingdom of God. Well, Jesus spoke in John 18, 38, and said, you say rightly that I am king. For this cause I was born, and for this cause I have come into the world, that I should bear witness of the truth. Everyone who is of the truth hears my voice. And Pilate said to him, what did he say? What is truth, you guys know? That subjectiveness, that moral relativism. When the world is not flat out lying to us today, it is busier and more confused and committed more than Pilate, I think, to changing, revising, and rearranging and hiding the truth. It's been a dramatic shift, even from when I was a child, of where the importance of honesty is placed. We still have a Bible and we still have people put their hands on it. Many times, and they say, do you swear what? To tell the truth, the whole truth, nothing but the truth. It's a powerful statement. Be totally, clearly, 100% honest. Truth is so pure. It is, it's so clear. We need truth. I remember being raised learning about honest Abe Lincoln and George, I cannot tell a lie, Washington. And things have changed dramatically since then. Truth is not valued like it used to be. Watering down of the word and having actions so set apart from what somebody says is clear. It's, it's huge in the church. <laughs> Bigger in our politics. The lies that come forth that uh, will be exposed. Anyone that hasn't been exposed in their lie will one day be shouted from the rooftops of the lies. But many times God shakes. You have guys that, and I, I, as I mentioned things, boy, we need to pray. But Ted Haggard, just what lies in the church? I, I looked last Easter, there was churches that, uh, one of them for their Easter service, they opened up and played the song Highway to Hell verbatim because they wanted to do a little thing about hell. But how are you going to worship singing that song? And they've got that in a worship service. It's incredible what's going on. You had someone who got blessed with talent and a voice like Katy Perry. She had a different name when she was singing Christian songs, and then she has this song, I Kissed a Girl, and I like it. And it's like this national anthem for the youth. They're just being deceived. There's nothing to like there. You have people that are embraced and blessed by the Christian community like the Goslins and their reality show. And yet you see how they were deceived and the road they went down and the road they're on and everything else. And I tell you, it has a special place in my heart because there's another family that's called the, the Nick's Goslins or something sometimes, and they go to our fellowship. And I've been on their show that's on a, 
the Wii Channel, which is a little tough for me because the Wii Channel is a women's entertainment network and I really don't appreciate it. <laughs> but nevertheless, I've, so I've been behind the scenes of reality TV. It's not reality. It's a lie. They try to make it more real than something else, but it's still a lie. <laughs> you have in politics, David Bitter and Elliot Spitzer and just governors and senators lying like crazy. Guy says he's going off hiking and he's going down to Brazil. And that, there's sin and whatever, that, that isn't the thing, that's the point. What amazes me is where America's out today, at today that these things, are, they aren't automatically recalled or, or impeached or, you know, there isn't this great uprising against, hey, this, we've been lied to. We trusted you. We've been cheated on. We've been taken captive and swayed as a, as a country by lies. Man, we've been lied to. Remember Hillary? Oh, we were, we were dodging bombs in Bosnia. <laughs> oh, we got a video. No, you weren't. Oh, I misspoke. Oh, that's a new word for lying. But it's okay. The, you know, the people want to, it's a trip where we're at compared to where we used to be. Apparently, I, I don't know what a bow is anymore. I see a video, it looks like a bow to me. The White House release says, well, they had, uh, he had to stick out his hand and he's with his, both his hands in order to, to reach him. And the, the reality is he bowed and then he got up and then he stuck out his hands. And it's all right there. But I'm not surprised that I don't know what a bow is when years ago I was told that I don't know what sex is. And we, have a, a pre, we had a president that, well, I, I didn't know that that was bad. <laughs> that that was, that was your definition of sex. I mean, we knew that stuff in junior high. So important that you have, we have alternative news sources. And we pay attention because there is just lies going everywhere. Lies, and then, like I say, there's people that think truth is subjective. And what I think is going on in the world today is it's easier for us in some ways to be a Christian and stand for the truth because the lines are being drawn more clearly than ever before. It's easy to say where we stand. I don't know if you've seen the Oprah clip. Who She has a huge church. That's what it is. Huge following. And she says, there are many ways to God. There can't be just one way. And the person, and you can get all this stuff on YouTube, of course, or someplace like that. And the person says, no, there is one way. It's Jesus. That simple statement, there is one way. And there's a, there's a firestorm of argument. She says, well, I can't talk to you about that. I'm just so glad there is a way. And I'm glad there is only one way, because I get confused real easy. <laughs> and one way makes it real simple for us, doesn't it? It is a narrow path, not a wide path. 
She said, well, what, you have to call his name Jesus? That's what she said. This one who once claimed to have a relationship with the Lord. You have to call his name Jesus. If my son helped you move, just move, which is the test of all friendships. <laughs> and, you, and you forgot his name. And you just said, oh, some kid. Or I had some extra power that helped me. I would be offended. How much more? The God of the universe became flesh and died for us. And the heavenly father going, you just want to call it. You don't, the name above all names. The only name with which we must be saved by. Every knee's going to bow. And every tongue's going to confess what? At that name. That name that causes division. That name that is honey on our lips. And yet, trying to take away the truth of that name. Jesus said, I am the way. Come on with me. The truth and the life. He is that truth. Well, you notice there in that 14th verse of the 6th chapter, the first word is stand. I thought about that. It's the second time you see that word in the passages we're studying. And third time if you count the word withstand. Now stand. Reminded of what it says in Corinthians in the original King James. Quit you like men. Be brave. Be strong. You almost can't say it. 1 Corinthians 16, 13 without going a couple octaves down in your voice. Watch ye. Stand fast in the faith. Quit you like men. Be strong. We are the ones who are to be on the forefront of the battle in our homes in our workplace, God called men to be leaders. It also tells us there in 1 Corinthians, and next verse, let all be done with love. Men are patient, that are godly men. They're kind. They have compassion. But make no mistake about it, we are in a battle. Good book, The Truth War, by uh, John MacArthur, came out not too long ago. And uh, enjoyed reading that. We need to speak the truth. Speaking the truth in this battlefield we're in isn't always easy. But we are in a battle. It says in 2 Corinthians 10, For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war after the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds, casting down imaginations and everything that exalted itself against the knowledge of God and bringing into captivity every thought into the obedience of God. Of Christ, The battlefield, it's the mind, the assault of the mind. Sometimes if we don't want to speak about the truth of Jesus because we're afraid of somebody thinking something weird about us. Assault on the mind, the enemy, making us fearful, throwing his fiery darts. It's funny, as you think about honesty and truthfulness and the battle we are in for it. I, I was... I had an interesting experience when we went to go check in at the hotel. I had to go back to my room four times because the, the door was messed up and he kept sending me with new keys and new keys. And, and uh, so it gave me a chance to be a Christian and be patient and be loving. And, uh, you know, it's not like, what are you, crazy, man? Can't you give me the right keys? I'm here for the Christian conference. It, it doesn't work so good. <laughs> So, you know, I'm already accountable and aware, so I'm being, and we start witnessing this guy, then Ray comes over there, and we're witnessing to him, finding out all this stuff about this, this guy. And it's interesting, because I was wondering, kind of, 
if he was trying to stick it to me a little bit, because then I called last night, and I asked him, well, what time does the jacuzzi close? Because I was thinking of going to taking a jacuzzi, and uh, like a human hot tea dip or something. And uh, I like it, because I thought everybody, nobody would be there. It was almost... And he said, well, honestly, I have to tell you, it closes at 11. So I go, okay, and I went down there about 1045. It was already roped off with caution tape. The thing had been closed down for, for I don't know how long. And I go, well, honestly, huh? It was never opened, I thought. <laughs> Apparently, you didn't know. If I want to think the best. But when we were talking to him, the thing that, that I liked the, that Ray did in this battlefield when we were talking with him, the guy was saying all the reasons, really, that he didn't fellowship. And when you try to encourage people into fellowship, don't they give you a lot of reasons? And I see too often we, 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 uh, we want to say, well, it doesn't matter if you go to church as long as you believe. And we just kind of water it down sometimes. When the Bible says, boom, 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 you need to be in fellowship. Don't forsake the assembling together. This is the manner of some, but all the more as we see the day approaching. And different things like that. With all, gather together with all the saints who call upon the name of the Lord God. There's just tons of verses, right? We know them. But what I saw... The pastor of this fellowship do is he started quoting them to the guy. He didn't just say, well, that's okay. But he did it in love. Speak the truth, but in love. And he just said, we need each other. You were part of the body. Let's encourage each other. That's good. But it is a, a warfare. And the enemy is whispering lies all around. And he always does that. Some of the stuff I wanted to say, I was crossing stuff off and stuff because kind of the portion of scripture that Rawl had and I had where you can see where they would go together. In fact, he blatantly stole some of my verses before I even, <laughs> before I even spoke them. And I don't even know how you do that. But I'm going, oh, that was, come on, that was mine. Uh, you know, the one about he was a murderer from the beginning, does not stand in the truth because there is no truth in him. When he speaks a lie, he speaks from his own resources. He is the lie and the father of it. That's mine. It's got two truth in it. I'm the truth guy. <laughs> but you can't talk about the enemy and not talk about lying, and the opposite of it is truth. But the enemy is whispering, believe that there is a battle. That's a, the big point I want to make out of all this. There is a battle going on. Can you hear the voices and the whispering? You know, if you're at UCLA and you get a grant to study paranormal stuff and you got all these little weird gyros and gizmos and you go into these old houses like you're a genius and you're real smart. But we sit here and say, we believe there's an invisible war. There's, a, there's an enemy. He has a regimented, organized system to deceive the world and take them to hell and to discourage the believer and make them ineffective. And we need to be tuned to that. So I, I have this radio. Do you believe there's voices in the room I was saying? But in a, in a physical sense, it's a, if I put up the antenna, I power it, and I turn it in, tune it in, there's all kinds of voices, isn't there? There's all kinds of Video images going through this room if we had a TV set and put up the antennas and tuned it in, powered it. We as Christians have been empowered. We were dead in our trespass, now we're alive in Christ. We're powered by the Holy Spirit. It says we 
before we were spiritually discerned, we were blind to the things, we, we couldn't know anything. Now it says we should know things. We need to be attuned. It helps me not to overreact when I realize it's a spiritual battle. And it's not uh, just someone coming against me. I always have a natural tendency, and anyone in ministry will tell you, to put a face and a name many times with the battle. And I think my battle's against that person. But that battle is not. So I don't win the battle by uh, attacking that person. But I win the battle the greatest way by prayer. And it's funny, the spiritual world, I just seen on the, the news today that one of the G20 wives of the G20, she's a UFO enthusiast. <laughs> That's the people I want leading my finances. <laughs> the spiritual battle is real, and the enemy is a liar, and the, the world lies under the sway of him. His, his kisses are deceitful. I'm reminded of a song by a band called The Undisputed Truth. Remember that band? All three of you remember that band? <laughs> and it had a song called Smiling Faces. Tell no traces of the evil that lurks within. A smile is just a frown turned upside down. You better beware, my friend. Kind of like the OJs, the backstabbers. They smile at your face. And that's the enemy. He gives uh, an illusion of some satisfaction he, he masquerades, even as Rawls said earlier, as, a, <laughs> as an angel of light. You know, the next time you lust, you just go, wow, the devil looks good in that. Because that's who it is. It is. It's the enemy. It's the enemy. Say, oh, those honey-dripping lips are going to be bitter wormwood in the end, and they want to drag my feet down to Hades. Look at it that way. Say, oh, Lord, help me to be like Job and make a covenant with my eyes. When you go into a job, I think a helpful hint, or a new type of social thing, or a softball team, or anything, neighborhood, just tell them you're a Christian right off the bat. Within that first five minutes, let them know who you are, who paid the price, whose you are, and where you stand. Hmm. The truth, lying, the two opposites. It's funny because one thing I know about disliking or hating lying is nobody likes to be lied to, do we? In fact, someone, some people actually act like, you know, it's their pet peeve. Well, I hate to be lied to. That guy lied to me. I hate to be lied to him. Don't, you know, and people get recognized. You don't want to work with that guy. He's a big liar. But, I mean, everybody can't stand being lied to. Even liars don't like being lied to. <laughs> and the reality is, out of our lives, out of everyone's life, but a Christian should be acutely aware, God requires truth. God wants truth out of us. And you know what? It's just not the enemy, and it's just not the world that lies under the sway of the wicked one. But we have a battle with our flesh, don't we? We were born in sin. In our flesh, in our old nature, we've got a real problem. 
Psalms 51.6 says, Behold, you desire truth in the inward parts. Ephesians tells us also to put away lying. It says that we ought to speak truth in Christ in 1 Timothy 2.7. God wants it from us. That's the place it's got to start if we're going to have an impact on a world. We have to be known as honest, truthful men of integrity. And I, I just was thinking about all the things. I mean, it's so easy for us to lie. Phone rings. It's kind of late. It's Saturday morning. <clears> Hello? <throat> the other line says, are you sleeping? No. <laughs> <laughs> Have anybody ever done that? No. <laughs> Liar. <laughs> At least say, no, I woke up when the phone rang. <laughs> and the truth God wants. I, I was doing chaplain duty not too long ago in, in Kingman, and I was with this guy, and there's, some of these guys are hardcore, murderers, everything. And... Uh, this guy was pretty hardcore. He starts telling me the work God's doing in his life. And I can tell this guy's born again. Some of them are playing the game. Some of them you can't tell. You did. But this guy was just clear he's born again. And he goes, yeah, Lord really did something neat. You know, I was low on money on my books and everything. But uh, he, just, he just showed me that something I had done was wrong. I'd get letters in and stuff. And he goes, sometimes I was taking the stamps that weren't crossed off. You know how they have the sticker? And he goes, I was reusing them. And then God convicted me about that, of that was wrong, that I shouldn't reuse these stamps. They were supposed to only be used once and everything else. And I'm going, here's this guy, this hardcore guy, who's now God's taken to the point of honesty and truthfulness that he doesn't want to reuse a stamp. And I'm like, oh, that's wrong, huh? The Lord spoke that... <laughs> I thought I was being a good steward of God's resources. <laughs> I thought I was showing the postal office how to be more diligent in their job by making, you know, and I'm just going, kidding around some with you, but, but I'm just going, wow. I mean, I just started thinking about this. The, uh, you ever cleaned up your house like crazy, threw stuff into the back room, everything else made it a lot different than it was two hours ago because somebody was coming over, and then you go, sorry, the place is such a mess. <laughs> no, it was a couple hours ago. And so we, we got to be careful. I, uh, I've been going through, just all of a sudden, a lot of health stuff. It just kind of started coming up real, real quickly and... Uh, going to all these different places and doctor's offices and everything. And, and so I'm walking up, and I went to my doctor's office, and I was supposed to go to my therapy place. And uh, as I was going up, I realized I'm at the wrong place. You ever done it? You're at the wrong place. And somebody was coming out, but I didn't want to go like, I'm at the wrong place. I'm so stupid. And just be honest, I, I went like this, like, and I acted like I was looking at the address and like I got the wrong address. And the Lord showed me what a deceitful, lousy heart I have that's so prone to just deception. Even not in word or an outright lie, but I just kind of go, you know, it's wrong because I didn't want, because of pride, I didn't want to seem stupid. Man, I realize I, I, he wants truth in my inward parts. I, I, I need a lot of help, man. And I know that 
boy, the, the things I deal with, there's a lot of help needed by every single person in the whole world to just come to a greater sanctifying truth in their life instead of trying to play things off. Some of you guys didn't even act relatable to me trying to play something off. That makes me think you're trapped in deception because I know people do that all the time. <laughs> we try to play it off, you know? Oh, that didn't hurt. <laughs> when you trip up or something. Well, God will take us to places where he shows us what do we really believe? How much are we grabbing a hold of the truth of who he is? And he'll tell you that through trial sometimes. I, I mentioned kind of the, the hell stuff, and it was weird. I was with Ray last year. We're rooming together a, a year and a, uh, a few months ago at the pastor's conference, and I got really sick. I'd never, really never been sick, never except for a tonsillectomy, been in the hospital, anything like that. Push the envelope on a lot of things. But uh, I got really sick, and they didn't know what it was for a while. They started throwing out the C word and everything else. And then it turns out, uh, they thought it was my prostate and everything else. Turns out it was a bladder uh, infection. And I didn't like that because I always think of bladder infections with women. You know what I mean? I, like, I was okay with prostate because at least that's a dude thing, totally. <laughs> And I, I really do. I always want to put out the man. You know, I got the man hug. I mean, if you hug me, it's a one handshake here and then two hits on the back. That's the way men should hug, I think. And, <laughs> and don't stop me short on the handshake, man, because I'll make you do it again. You know, because you're not going to get me one of these. <laughs> so I really I want to put on a persona sometimes. And I realize as I get older, man, I am weak. So it turns out I got this other thing, my arm's falling asleep, and um, so I go get an MRI, and I find out I got some disc problems, but in that they go, you got a mass growing, and you're ill-defined. And so Monday, in two days on my birthday, I get to go get my neck sliced in a five-inch, a uh, five-centimeter junk pulled out of there. And I'm going, thyroid? Isn't that a woman's thing, too? <laughs> <laughs> I want a dude thing. Can I just break something? I mean, obviously, I've geared towards a heart attack, a fast, easy exit, but it, it hasn't happened. God's teaching me about stewardship. But I mean, the lies are, uh, I'm not middle-aged. 48, I don't know any 96-year-olds that I'm hanging out with. But here's the truth. The outward man is perishing. Isn't the Bible true? Isn't that the truth? Outward man is perishing. I mean, we lie. The older I get, the better athlete I was. <laughs> the outward man's perishing. But inwardly, I'm telling you, God's doing a work. I'm at this great place. Though we've went through, I got back from what I don't usually say this, but it was a really great, but a much needed vacation. That's the part I usually don't say. And we got back and we we had a guest speaker, and we had a baptism, and we're bringing up the last person. This was a week ago last Sunday from the baptism. And all of a sudden, a 19-year-old in our fellowship who had some health problems, but we had no idea, his heart stops beating, and he dies in front of half of the church that's at the baptism. And I tell you what, I have never seen our church 
in more unity and more fervent prayer at any time in 13 years that I've been blessed to be a part of it. And yet we surrendered to the truth of God's will. We wanted him to touch. I mean, there was faith there that he could have got up everything else. But here is the truth. We can do nothing about this. We place it in the hands who, of the one who holds our life and our breath. And we say, not our will, but yours be done. Lord, we know you're, you're able to heal. We'd like to see miracles. We've seen things. But if you want to take Bradley, then we surrender. Not our wills, but yours be done. And then you go and you speak of the, the streets of gold. And if it's not true, then what is it? Even as Paul said, if Jesus didn't rise, we are most pitiable among all men. But he did rise. And this corruption will put on incorruption. And this mortal will put on immortality. And though to be absent from this body is to be present with the Lord. And it is better by far. And if I'm going to preach a funeral or a memorial service, it is better by far. I better believe it. And I better be ready to go home. And I want to be truthful with God. I don't want consequences of lies ever shouted from the rooftop. I don't want it to catch up with me. I don't want to try to live up to a persona that I'm not. I try to make it very easy for our fellowship never to have me on a pedestal. Just want to be honest. It will catch up with you. If you're living a lie, if you've, you've got, I remember Pastor Mike years ago in, in Tucson just talking about that double life, and he just said, I don't get how you, some of you guys, how some people can live like this double life, two different people. God wants to strip that away and just narrow it down to, to constantly as he sanctifies us through our life, because there are his consequences to lying. It will catch up with you. There's a priest, a preacher, and a rabbi. They were chaplains at uh, Northern Michigan University in Marquette, and they get together a couple of times a week for coffee, and they talk shop, so to speak. And Well, one day they made a comment, one to another, that ministering to people really isn't that hard. A real challenge would be to preach to a bear and minister to him. So one thing leads to another with their, their talking it up and everything else, and well, they decide that they would go out into the woods, find a bear, preach, and minister to it. And then a week later, they'd get back to discuss the experience. So first comes in that week later, Father O'Flannery. His arms in a sling. He's got a crutch, and he's got various bandage. And he said, well, he said, I went into the woods to find me a bear. And when I found him, I began to read him from the Baltimore Catechism. Well, that bear not want to do with me, and he began to slip me a boot. So I quick grabbed me holy water, and I splashed him. And the saints be praised. He became as gentle as a lamb, and the bishop is coming out next week for him for the First Communion and Confirmation. <laughs> and then Reverend Billy Bob comes up, and now he's in a wheelchair. He's got an arm and both legs and cast. He says, well, brothers, you know that we don't sprinkle. We don't. And I went and I found me a bear, and I began to read to him from God's holy word. But that bear wanted nothing to do with me. I said, no, he wanted nothing to do with me. So I took a hold of him, and we began to wrestle, and we wrestled up one hill, and we wrestled down the other. And then we come to a crick. And so when we get to that crick, I quick dunk him and I baptize his hairy soul. <laughs> and just like you says, he was as gentle as a lamb and we spent the rest of the week in fellowship feasting on God's holy word. 
then the rabbi comes in. He's like in traction, IVs, monitors. He's in a hospital bed, everything else. And he goes, Oy vey, you don't know what tough is till you try to circumcise one of those creatures. <laughs> I've been waiting years for a men's retreat to do that. <laughs> Here. But that word there, stand. We need to stand. Not, not cover up. And then Raul did cover that. It was great. We need to open up. And we need to be ready for God's truth. When he came to, speaking of girding, he said, gird up your loins like a man to Job. And he questioned him, I think 84 questions. And really, basically, he said, you know what? You better put a cup on it, Job. Because here I come. And he just boom, boom, to the point where Job goes, I have a whore myself. I, I repent in sackcloth and ashes. He saw himself in, in light of God and his word. Just coming out here, I was reading uh, the Southwest Magazine. And it was talking about how many people are into virtual reality. And how many people are gamers now. Half of the, the population as whole almost are gamers, what they call gamers, online all the time. Pornography, that's what it is. It's a virtual reality. And people are being trapped by deception and by the lie. How do we get away from that? Well, first one, like I said, is be ready for God's truth. Be open to Him. The Word. Man, we've got to be in the Word. John 8, 31 says, Then Jesus said to those Jews who believed him, If you abide in my word, you are my disciples indeed, and you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. So many times we hear, truth will make you free. But Jesus said there was a prerequisite. Hey, abide, live, breathe, take in, meditate on my word. Sanctify them, John 17, 17, by your truth. You, your word is truth. It says in Ephesians we should be washed with the word. Confess. Think about what we're saying, what we're doing. And the last thing is we've got to put on the new man. We've got to walk in what we say we believe. That's where truth coincides with thought and action. You know, we never had to teach our kids to lie, did we? To be sanctified in the truth is, is a process. And I find that knowing Jesus and the purity of his truth is uh, an amazing experience. And you can keep growing in just honesty. And that's what God would have for all of us. But I think the number one thing to help us as, even as it says, put on the new man, the new spirit, but put on the armament. Do it before we get into the battle. But I like what Romans 13, 14 says. It says, put on the Lord Jesus Christ and make no provision for the flesh to fulfill its lust. It's really putting on Jesus. It tells us in 
2 Corinthians 3.18. But we all, with unveiled faces, beholding as in a mirror the glory of the Lord, are being transformed into the same image from glory to glory, just as by the Spirit of the Lord. We just grow in our relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ, looking to Him, beholding Him, and He'll change us from glory to glory, just falling in love and, and just looking to Jesus and growing in that relationship with Jesus. I don't care what we have in the world. It's not better than, it will never be a deepening, growing walk with Jesus. I don't care what we have or what we have attained or achieved, there's nothing like just knowing Jesus better. There's nothing to compare to it. A day in his courts are better than 10,000 elsewhere. So we need to just grow closer to the Lord. When you have faith in Jesus, you delight in his glorious deity as Christ. When you know him and you're known by him and you grow in that relationship, that's just the key. To see him, the honest truth in life of who he is, and grow in that. Just look to him. Spend time with him. Read. Pray. Do works that bring him honor. You need, we need to be awestruck in who he is in totality. It says in Ephesians, we're going to look at that grace. By grace, we're going to be looking at who he is throughout eternity. So being awestruck by our time-transcending, light-speaking, firmament-dividing, existence-bringing, life-breathing, universe-creating, majestic maker, firstborn over all creation, Alpha and Omega Jesus. And then we ought to have inexpressible joy in the meek, humble, vulnerable, approachable, deity-stripping, self-effacing, angelic-announcing, shepherd-hastening, stable-sleeping, swaddle-cloth-wearing, star-guiding, herod-angering, virgin-bearing, child-welcoming, turtle-dove-offering, simian-speaking, heart-revealing, sinless-being, son of David, son of man, humanity of Jesus. And blessed to have our ears attuned to the synagogue-standing, book-opening, Isaiah-reading, spirit-leading, broken hearted mending, repentance needing, liberty proclaiming, captivity freeing, sin cleansing, truth telling, plain speaking, people hearing, authoritative teaching, powerful preaching, Rabboni Jesus. And then that we might be fulfilled in the hand stretching, Sabbath performing, hemorrhage halting, leper cleansing, demon exercising, cripple walking, lame leaping, blind seeing, death hearing, pain stopping, fever reducing, crumbs falling, dead rising, eerie attaching, compassionately healing, great physician. Jesus, and captivated by the wedding-saving, wine-changing, fish-catching, coin-paying, tree-withering, face-blowing, mind-reading, multitude-feeding, storm-calming, water-walking, miracle-working, omnipotent Jesus, and invigorated by the courtyard-entering, table-turning, money-spilling, seat-kicking, thief-whipping, Pharisee-driving, temple-clearing, zealous Jesus, and contented by the Covenant-keeping, law-fulfilling, early-rising, continually praying, Abba-submitting, consistently-pleasing, Gethsemane-crying, blood-sweating, righteousness-performing, perfection-providing, obedient Jesus, and staved and stirred and simulated and satisfied by the shameful scourging, cross-carrying, via Delarosa-walking, painfully-nailing, people-spitting, public-mocking, mercifully-loving, still-forgiving, cup-drinking, wrath-bearing, sky-darkening, veil-renting, payment-providing, justice-satisfying, sin-atoning, sacrificially-redeeming, Sinner saving, slaughtered, spotless lamb, Jesus. And then hollowed by the third day, death-defeating, grave-breaching, saints rising, heaven opening, guilt-erasing, conscience-clearing, devil-destroying, resurrection, 
Lord Jesus, and then consecrated by the ever-living, always-abiding, never-ceasing, continually interceding, mission, mansion-building, publicly appearing, triumphant, reigning, throne-setting, Holy Spirit-sending, power-giving, ascended high priest Jesus, and now waiting for, just waiting for and looking towards the blessed hope of the archangel shouting, trumpet-sounding, eye-twinkling, bride-rapturing, sorrow-ending, reward-distributing, quickly-coming, union in the sky with Jesus, and then after that, partaking with him in the sky-splitting, visible-returning, glorious-revealing, sword-wielding, white-horse-riding, eyes-flaming, voice-thundering, robe-wearing, blood-dripping, Mount Zion-standing, perfectly-judging, iron-rod-ruling, reigning King Jesus, because those that are his will be with him. Our names are written in the Lamb's Book of Life, and we will have glory never Never ending. Yeah. Amen.